And away we go, hour three, on what continues to be a great day for talk radio. And Wednesdays always mean after six o'clock, we get into it with our roundtable discussion with the former Premier and Finance Minister of the Province of Ontario, Ernie Eves. I'm Hello, great, Ernie. John. How are you? Very good, too. You jumped the gun. I, <laughs> I hadn't asked. I would uh, preempt that. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> you were assuming I was going to ask or cared. <laughs> well, the care part, I understand. All right. <laughs> Buzz Hargrove is with us as well. Former president of the Canadian Auto Workers and now distinguished visiting prof at Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. And you came in already buzzing over Donald Trump and this Putin thing. So what's what's got your dander up here, Buzz? I mean, it sounds to me like everybody on the left is disproportionately going nuts here. It's created a certain derangement. Trump corrected himself yesterday, whether you believe it was a legitimate correction. Uh, but nonetheless, well, you know, you got some on the left who have compared... Uh, this his uh dealing with putin in in helsinki to kristallnacht which kicked off the holocaust or pearl harbor i mean proportion buzz proportion the enthusiasm of the left really infuriates me but the lack of guts of the right in dealing with their own people this is probably the most disgraceful uh, action of any U.S. president in my lifetime. And as you know, I'm not a young man, John. <laughs> Although through, you play I've one lived, on the radio. I've lived through a lot of them. I've lived through a lot of them, and I never ever thought, way I'd, back. <laughs> thought I'd see the day that uh, uh, the president of the United States would join with the enemy in condemning his own country. That's beyond belief. Well, you know, uh, look, you have other instances where Barack Obama was cozying up to Medvedev when he was the uh, prime minister there and talked about, hey, wait till the election. I've got more flexibility. I'll deal with Vladimir then. I mean, he was saying it and it got caught on a, a sensitive mic. Pick that up. Back in the day, Roosevelt, who's a, one of the darlings. Well, not even comparable, but anyway. All right. Well, Roosevelt called Stalin Uncle Joe. He was cozy with Stalin. He gave away uh, half of uh, Eastern and Central Europe back at Yalta, if you can uh, look up your history there, 1945. Yeah the hell this was a capitulation I, trump was just John, i was made, just being born so i'm sorry i don't go back quite that far well you're born again everything on this show. <laughs> all right yeah, no i'm not at everything everything i viewed right. i always thought there was a, a sense of integrity and commitment especially uh, loyalty and patriotism amongst the uh, top leadership of uh, of any of any nation and i saw the complete opposite this last few so days, you think he I'm sold his country down the river he sold his country down the river and i I just hope they can get the notes of the uh, translators to show exactly what else he gave away in a private meeting with. But for, if if there's nothing else, and I, I I don't pay any attention to all of the pictures and stuff they have on him, but the facts are he kowtows to Putin. He has this incredible whatever. Well, hang on, you're a negotiator of the highest order, and you understand that sometimes you play the long game. And so, you know, when uh, the head of GM or uh, Ford, you'd be sitting across the the table, wouldn't you sometimes like uh, maybe? Tell them bald-faced lies uh, just to win their confidence, and then you'd nail them no, further down the road, No, I never did that. I would have quit. I would have quit. <laughs> I would have quit before I would have done that. And uh, uh, if somehow he thinks he has a long game in, in hand, uh, I tell you, he won't live long enough to, uh, to finish it. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, whatever that might mean. <laughs> no, it doesn't mean anything other than that at, at his age. Uh, and, and He's on the clock. Yeah. Uh, no question. Okay. Uh, Ernie, let's turn it over to you. I mean, is there anything that you wanted to add? Uh, Buzz is obviously very, very disgusted, and many people are. They think that, uh, you know, even from uh, within his own party, there were a lot of uh, criticisms and recriminations. Do you think that uh, maybe Putin has something on Trump 
to have him behave that way publicly? It's a very good question. I mean, why would a president, I have to agree with Buzz to a large extent, why would the president of the United States undermine his own national security types, I think 12 different agencies, He's undermined the integrity of the Constitution of the United States, the presidency of the United States, the democratic system of the United States. He's catering to a guy who invaded Ukraine, who uh, has killed millions of people in his own country and other countries, who's involved in Syria. And yet he seems to worship these dictator types. Maybe he wants to be like them. Maybe he thinks he is a dictator. Maybe he thinks he's running, you know, the Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, but that went bankrupt. Um, You know, I just don't get it. I do not understand. And I can tell you just from the reaction of John Bolton and others around him, they were appalled at the way he answered some of those questions. I obviously, he read a prepared statement. He's not a very good reader. He stumbled and mumbled all the way through it. Mm. Um, Obviously, had never bothered to read it before, I guess. He got up there, but then it was when they started asking him questions that he started to ad lib. And, you know, why would would Russia be to blame? Like, why would they interfere with our elections? And then, of course, yesterday, he tried to take a step backwards and say, well, I meant to say wouldn't instead of would. So you weren't buying that? No. And then this morning, he's right back on Twitter saying that only the extremely intelligent can possibly understand the great strategy that I had. <laughs> well, that's the long by, game. By, I was by, wondering. By kissing Putin's ass. <laughs> okay, so you don't see any long game here. By the way, the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City, did that go bankrupt or morally bankrupt? <laughs> I think it went bankrupt. Oh, bankrupt. Okay. Just, just Somebody just, else is taking it over now making it a success, so maybe Trump should hire them. Well, that's a good point, too. There you go. You can be an advisor to Trump. Uh, so this is no, where... I, I, I think it is disgraceful. I would have... It, me, there's something like 50 Republicans, either, you know, Congress members or members of the Senate who have come out and uh, had some not-so-nice things to say about President Trump. Uh, it's really an insult to the United States of America. He's supposed to be the president of the United States of mm. America. He's supposed to be standing up for their best interests. He's supposed to be standing up for democracy in the free world. The rest of the world, you know, whether it's the EU, NAFTA, every every other democratic country in the Western world looks to the United States for leadership and guidance. And he's really thrown them all under the bus for the sake of Kim Jong-un and Putin. You have to wonder what makes him tick. Like, what the hell's going on? Well, yeah, the only thing I can possibly uh, entertain here is that he has some strategy or he thinks he's a deal maker and this is a way an approach which is why this isn't buying a condo building in new york city not yet uh okay (laughs) well buzz that's why i asked you you know you're the uh master negotiator here and if you see any merit in uh, a guy having this kind of unorthodox approach to things but you say no negatory it wouldn't be taught at the ted rogers school of management (laughs) (laughs) at ryerson okay i'm sure i'm sure somewhere along the line maybe that'll be a course in the oven yeah Yeah. well that that ought to be a course i I bet attendance would be rather high if you were to introduce that (laughs) all right we have another leader here our own prime minister who's announced a, a cabinet shuffle of sorts now how do you perceive this ernie i mean you were involved in cabinet shuffles as well when you were there as the premier and with uh the the Harris years, you know, uh, do you put these things together strategically? I mean, for political reasons, and do you see Justin Trudeau having done that here? You know, uh, his obvious gender parity has always been, you know, it's been stated since, well, because it's 2015, uh, but certain uh, writings 
here in the GTA, uh, signaling to some that this is going to be the battleground where the liberal fortunes are won or lost, and he's trying to shore it up, bulwarks uh, against maybe a rising tide that Doug Ford presaged here with his win as a conservative in Scarborough for Bill Blair getting uh, that minister of border security, <laughs> and you've got Mary Ng up there in uh in Markham, and uh, another young lady out there with the uh, Ministry of Seniors, Minister uh, of, of Senior Care and what have you, out in Hamilton. Is that the uh, strategy you think's in play? Well, he's obviously trying to uh, enhance the fortunes of certain members of his own caucus with election coming up uh, next fall. Um, you know, he didn't get rid of anybody out of cabinet that I know of. He just keeps adding to people. Why don't we just give a cabinet post to everybody and then we don't have to worry about anything. Sure. Cat cabinet of 75 vegetables for one. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Um, I look at, I will give him the benefit of the doubt in terms of the ministry that, uh, that chief Blair got. I think that's probably needed and overdue and he's probably a capable person. However, there is the little side thing with the Fords and Blair that could just be turning the screws in a little bit to tick off uh, Doug Ford, the Premier of Ontario. And well, how whole, would that work and, in practical? And, 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 and the whole LeBlanc thing, you know, and all of a sudden he doesn't want to be the Minister of Intergovernmental Affairs anymore because he sees that going into the next election, it's not all sunny days and hugs and kisses with all the provinces anymore. There are four or five provinces now that he's going to be fighting with going into the next federal election, you know, ranging from from Alberta to Saskatchewan to Manitoba to Ontario, Quebec, as long as you, uh, he has some interesting appointments in his shuffle today with Quebec, so he can keep on paying the money in the infrastructure program and other places to try and secure seats so he maintains that base. So I think this is I think this is largely political. I will grant you that there are some of the posts he created that were needed. All right, but the idea that you know everything seems to be centered in Ontario and Quebec, as far as that's concerned. But this was always the way the Liberals. That's where their power is vested in Central Canada, isn't it, Buzz? When the bank robber, the famous bank robber, was asked why you rob banks, he said that's where the money is. Well, think about it. Quebec in Ontario, that's where the boats are. Who was so. that? Willie Sutton. <laughs> Willie Sutton. That's right. So okay, that's where the boats are. So I'm not surprised. Now I'm with Ernie in terms of Bill Barrett's appointment and and the 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 appointment for seniors. That there's there's so many people now getting up in age and so many problems. You've just followed the the news the last uh, a few weeks in terms of nursing homes, assisted home, and all of the things that are happening in those homes, uh, the seniors, we need someone that's dedicated to looking after the uh, the problems of So that was a worthwhile seniors. appointment is what you're saying. a worthwhile appointment, I think. Other than that, I don't think at this point in our history, in our country, we should be adding to the cabinet. All right. Well, you know, the other thing is you're talking about intergovernmental uh, affairs, and uh, this is something that, you know, they're going to have to face a... Uh, an onslaught from a variety of premiers. Doug Ford, you mentioned here in Ontario, like the premiers are meeting Probably tomorrow. Jason Kenney. Jason Kenney, if he wins next spring out in Alberta. Manitoba. Scott Moe, yeah. And so here's the deal. Premiers are meeting in New Brunswick tomorrow. Trudeau's and, not going. No. Again, but when he was running in 2015, oh, I'm going to, I'm of course, I, he criticized Harper for not going to all these meetings. I will have meetings coming out of my yin-yang. I'll be hugging these guys every time I turn around. Guess what? Hello, knock, knock, knock. You, he's got, you, he's you still there, Justice? He's got a lot more on his plate than most prime ministers have had. Like what? In my lifetime. The trade 
uh, stuff with the United States, the tariffs, right. and the impact that uh, that's Well, you've got people today, looking after that Also, file. the potential for the future if we don't... Well, you also have provincial premiers working. who are interested in trade. They can discuss that. St. Andrews by the they Sea can, is a they, rather nice place, Buzz. Yes, I know. That's probably not why he's not going. He's not into those nice places. <laughs> he's not into nice <laughs> places. Okay, yeah. yeah the Aga Khan didn't invite him to the <laughs> island. <laughs> the right. island the, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, he could go there and wear his Indian he costumes. He island, you know. <laughs> right. He could get, uh, you know, some of those Indian costumes he can play out again. So uh, typically, what happens at some of these meetings, Ernie? I mean, when premiers get together in these confabs, does any actual work get done? Yes, a lot. And the and the provinces don't always agree. I mean, part of the weaknesses of the provinces is that they don't have a comprehensive game plan on a lot of issues because, as Buzz and I were talking about before we came in here, the interests are pretty varied from Prince Edward Island to, you know, to, to Vancouver Island. And there's all kinds of different interests in different provinces uh, and regions of the country have different things that they would prefer to see dealt with and they want them dealt with different ways. The reason why, uh, you know, premiers, and when you're talking about first ministers, finance ministers, when I used to go, the reason why the federal premier finance minister generally doesn't like these things is because they're going to get ganged up on and they're going to get beat up a little bit by the provinces. Well, the and, carbon and, and, tax and, thing. So they don't like that. So they don't show up. You've got a consensus building on this carbon tax uh, revolution, if you will. The rebellion yes. against that. Doug Ford, as you say, of Kenny, but he's not there now. But Scott Moe has taken right. it to court in Saskatchewan. Prince Edward Island said, we're going to take our cues from Ontario, see what happens there. You've got liberal premiers in places like uh, Newfoundland, as I say, PEI, even Saskatchewan. They're turning on Trudeau. Maybe that's why he didn't want to be there, because he knows he's going to lose that fight. He's maybe anticipating they're going to overwhelm him. Right, and but also, <laughs> he's probably looking at strategy. A lot of provinces and the federal government have been known to fight election campaigns on. If you don't you know, want to fight the campaign in Ontario, you fight the incumbent prime minister in Ottawa. And other, other provinces have done that for years, and the federal government, I think, is gearing up for that. I think in the next federal election, they're going to be dumping on, on Doug Ford, Jason Kenney, Moe, yada, yada, yada. And I'm here to defend your interests, Canadians. I'm the great white leader, and I'm going to shall, you know, d- defend your interests. Um, it's all politics as far as I'm concerned, or most of it's politics. Uh, but for a guy that said he was going to be warm and fuzzy and consult with provinces and he was going to solve all these problems. They weren't going to fight. There wasn't going to be any bickering. He was going to resolve them all. And he, he appreciated different points of view. Obviously, he doesn't appreciate many different points. All right. Of view. Well, let's come back and uh, we'll talk about something happening out in BC where they've announced a crown corporation to handle union friendly construction. Right in your wheelhouse, Buzz. So we'll uh, pick it up with that and also canceling some of these carbon, <laughs> some of these green energy projects here in Ontario. Then more with our friends Ernie Eves, Buzz Hargrove on the Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.